Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. So let's, let's get started with the topic, nutrition and supplements for injury recovery. And um, I think we all kind of have the sense that there should be something we can do during injury that could help us speed up our recovery. But we rarely hear anyone talk about it or write about it. I know, you know, if I've had injuries in the past and I went to physical therapy or chiropractor or ART, uh, they always have some kind of crazy supplements to sell, you know, but there's only one or two. And they always talk about drinking more water and stuff like that. But there's a whole research domain around how to eat and how to supplement effectively to speed up injury recovery, but we just don't hear about it. But I want to start with a story like I do in, in most uh, of my presentations. I got a, a text message uh, from the guy on the left up there. Um, you guys may be familiar with him if you follow mixed martial arts or UFC. That's George St. Pierre. Uh, he's Canadian and he was the welterweight champion. He's on sort of an injury period right now, so they have an interim champion. But he's ranked as one of the top mixed martial artists in the world. And uh, so I got a text from George a couple years back, and this is what it said. My surgery is finally scheduled. It's in one week. What's the best way to prepare nutritionally? And actually, I think this was super cool. So George is a really proactive guy with his training, with his nutrition, with his supplements. He's a guy who has it really dialed in, and he leaves no stone unturned in being the best. So it was really cool that he reached out about a week in advance. A lot of times, these athletes will like call me the day of. You know what I mean? Uh, I see it often, let's say NFL football, for example. Camp starts tomorrow, I have to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> Get these kind of emails all the time. So the fact that I had seven days to prepare with George was pretty awesome, okay? And I don't know if you guys, for those of you who follow MMA, if you go back and look at photos of George from around 2008, 2009, and you look specifically at his elbows, okay? They look weird. Like, if you really look at his elbows, they look kind of otherworldly. And they're really big and swollen with all kinds of scar tissue built up on them. And it's basically from years of elbowing dudes in the face, okay? <laughs> so you get a lot of inflammation and scar tissue buildup. So he was getting surgery to have all that cleaned up and removed. So in this photo, his elbows, they still kind of look a little big, but they're actually, they're better here. And to me, this is like the perfect sort of model for injury recovery, right? Because it's well controlled. You go in and you get a surgery, which is fundamentally, someone cuts you open and digs around in there. That's an injury process. But we know when it's gonna happen. 
we can anticipate it a week in advance, and then we can actually apply some strategies to help with the recovery. So with George, you know, we, uh, we did some very specific things that I'm gonna talk about today, and we'll talk about the result. But it doesn't have to be a surgery that we can use these strategies for. I mean, it could be just falling on the, what we call soccer pitch, right, or football. Um, it could be helping a buddy move. It could be slipping on ice. And while the injury process always feels chaotic, because in these cases it's unexpected, right? You're just walking along, might be a nice day, feeling good about the world, and you slip and something bad happens, and all of a sudden it hurts, and there's inflammation and it feels chaotic. But what we need to recognize is that the injury recovery process is very orderly and organized. The body knows what it's doing in dealing with it, and although it might feel like it sucks to you, there's going to be a predictable process. And I'd like to go over that, not so that you guys are experts on injury repair and you know, chemotaxis, which is like the movement of chemicals in the body, but just so that you can understand where the targets are. So as we go through this, this is how I want you to think about this. Where are the areas in this recovery process that we feel like nutrition might play the biggest role? So we're just gonna look for targets, all right? And just think about that as we go through it. So the first stage in the recovery process is called coagulation, and it lasts between one and two days post-injury. So let's say you have a surgery, or you fall down and you break something, or you strain a, a ligament. You have one to two days of basically coagulating, so stopping the bleeding, okay? Because there's sort of an internal bleed happening. And then up to five days post-injury, you have this inflammation phase. And that's where it hurts, right? That's where you, you see puffy redness and, and pain. And after that, then, we have this migration and proliferation stage, which is the beginning stages of rebuilding and repair. So basically what your body is doing is mopping up the, the damaged tissue. So it's sending in chemicals to actually remove the debris and then start migrating new cells to that area so they can build up a scaffolding around it. And then eventually, remodel the entire site, which is you know, anywhere from five days post-injury to two years if it's a, a bony or hard tissue injury. Okay, soft tissues go a little bit quicker sometimes and bone takes a little bit longer. You guys know why that might be the case? Yeah, yeah, less blood supply. And that's gonna become relevant as we go through the conversation today, okay? You're gonna think about that with respect to ligaments, soft tissues, uh, and bone versus muscle, for example okay, which has a larger blood supply. So as you guys look through this process, let's think about this question and I'll pose it to you guys and maybe you can throw out some ideas. We've got coagulation, inflammation, migration, and remodeling. So where do you think nutrition might play a role? What stages and why? So inflammation phase. So you said omega-3s, for example. Okay, so we already know that things like the dietary fats or the breakdown of our dietary fats can Im impact inflammation in the body. We all have heard this, right? So potentially we could do something around omega-3 fats or the omega-3 to six ratio. So that's a potentially good target and we may visit that. Okay, remodeling. We know that uh, if we do damage to our tissues in the gym, let's say through weight training, uh, maybe we do negatives or eccentric training, right? And that causes the most damage. 
uh, we know that a remodeling process happens. Well, the process is very similar with a, an injury. It just might be more severe. So anything we might do to create an anabolic state in the body for muscle repair or hypertrophy or growth, we could consider as a viable strategy for injury repair as well. Okay, so that might be another target. So let's look at these in detail. So where are our targets? Uh, you guys kind of nailed the two. Inflammation, so we want to control the pain and swelling. And then the second is remodeling. So we want to stimulate tissue anabolism. It's kind of interesting, right? Because this is what we think about a lot with respect to exercise nutrition anyway, right? How do we control inflammation in the body? and how do we create an anabolic or growth-oriented state. So let's start with inflammation, okay? It's important to realize that we don't wanna crush inflammation. We don't want there to be no inflammation. Why? Inflammation actually signals a movement of blood and a movement of chemicals to the area, usually immune chemicals, immune system chemicals, to clean up the damage, bring healing properties to the area, and speed up that recovery. So we actually like inflammation to a certain extent. What's the problem if it gets out of control? It stops up the area, reduces blood flow. What's another problem with that? Mobility, right? So if you can't move that joint, we have a host of problems around that. The repair and recovery is gonna be bad. Uh, we're not gonna be taking the joint through the range of motion. Some issues there. Compensations in other areas of the body not even related to that site of injury. So maybe not good. The other thing is, if inflammation gets out of control, those chemicals that are there to take the damaged tissue away might actually get overzealous and take good undamaged tissue away. So if inflammation gets out of control, you can actually cause damage to healthy tissues around the area of the damaged site, which isn't a good thing. So what we're looking for is a balance. If there's no inflammation, we slow blood flow and decrease recovery rate. If there's too much, we increase total tissue damage and slow repair. Uh, the gentleman over here to the right made a comment about fats, okay, omega-3 fats, and I think that's a great place to start. It's a very simple dietary intervention, and it just so happens to be one that we think is great for overall health anyway, so maybe we can move in this direction generally, but a lot of the strategies we'll cover today are things that we consider kind of best practices for good nutrition, but a lot of your clients may not start doing them until they face an injury. So I've found, and this is just kind of like a sneaky in the back door kind of way of getting people to eat better. If someone's very resistant to making certain changes, but they get injured, okay? You can actually implement these changes to help them recover from their injury and then it becomes like a lifestyle best practice as well. And uh, I mean, the truth is, if you've ever worked with anyone who has a, a painful injury, they will do almost anything to make it go away, okay? If you have high cholesterol, not so much. But if you have extreme pain in your knee or shoulder, anything. So you're like, oh, well, this omega-3s, we, we should try these, it'll make the pain go away, right? And they're like, oh, how come you never told me about these before? Well, you've only been telling them about them for two years, right? But uh, now you got their attention. We wanna reduce inflammation, and to do that, I make it really, really simple. So we start with fish oil, three to nine grams of fish oil per day based on body size, and then adding things like olive oil, mixed nuts, avocados, flax, or the oil or the ground flax and other seeds. 
okay? So these are mostly high in omega-3 fats, and by simply adding, and, and monounsaturates, and by simply adding those to the diet, you can start to dampen down the inflammation process, and we want to control the fats that promote inflammation. So things like omega-6 fats, which are basically vegetable oils, like corn oil, sunflower, safflower, cottonseed, soybean, and most processed foods have them. Very few people are like, yeah, I do all my cooking in cottonseed oil or whatever, right? So it's not necessarily that people are cooking with it or adding to their food, but it's in most processed foods, most box foods, frozen foods, things like that. So really we just wanna be aware of what fats we are getting in the diet. And the idea is to increase the, the omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, and decrease the omega-6s, which are pro-inflammatory. Okay, so it's this balance we want to create. And the one thing I tell clients is this, and I like to make it really, really simple. Anyone who is in my compliance lecture knows it has to be simple. A lot of clients will be like, yeah, yeah, mixed nuts, avocados, flax. Yeah, I have all that, right? But having it in your cupboard isn't the same as eating some every day. And the idea is a serving of each of those every day during the injury recovery process. Strategies for how to get clients to do that. I mean, it, for me even, it would be a lot to remember. Okay, I have to have my olive oil, my avocados. my. So how might we make it easy for clients to do this? One way that I do it is I just give them a little checklist. Uh, you can make it in two seconds in Word, Microsoft Word, and you just write flax seeds, avocado, whatever, and you give them seven days of the week, and you just have them do a check mark every day when they've had one of them, okay? And by the end of the week, you want to see that they've checked off each of those. Really simple. Post it on your fridge. Okay? It's just a simple compliance strategy. Every time they go to the fridge, they'll be like, oh, I haven't had an avocado today yet. Perfect. Eat my avocado. So it's just simple, simple strategies. Okay? Uh, if you give them complicated lists and recipes and stuff like that, some clients will do it. But if you give them a really simple checklist, really easy to do. You can even do it on the web. If you know someone who's a web programmer or designer, they could create like a simple web application. It would probably cost you 250 bucks, a couple hours of their time. And uh, it could just be an online checklist. Check in each day. And then it gets emailed to you whether they did it or not. And if they don't, then you can email them and say, hey, I noticed you didn't have your whatevers today. So these are just compliance strategies and we forget about them often. You know, when we get excited about the interventions, right? We're like, oh yeah, learn something great. You gotta take omega-3s when you're injured. Okay, well, how do we get people to actually do that though? There's some other things that we find are really, really helpful with modulating the inflammatory process during injury. Turmeric is one of them. And we find it in Indian cooking and um, it, it tends to be very powerful in terms of an anti-inflammatory effect. I've listed a few things here and I've given you the whole food version and the supplement version so you can choose what you prefer. Some people don't like supplements as much or to take supplements so you can give them whole food. So for turmeric you might use a teaspoon of, of curry powder or turmeric each day or you can use the extract 400 to 600 milligrams. Garlic, you could go with two to four whole cloves a day or you could go with the extract. 600 to 1200 milligrams. Bromelain from pineapple, it's an enzyme. Uh, you can have a cup of pineapple a day or 500 to 1000 milligrams. And Boswellia, that one you don't really don't find in, in food sources, so that would be a supplemental. Now the nice part is a lot of supplements that are designed for joint care and injury recovery will have all of these in it. 
uh, because it's kind of a pain in the butt to actually go searching out these, all these supplements and you're like, oh, how much do I take? And if you have a client who's a little bit resistant to taking pills in the first place, this is not going to be the easiest prescription for them. But there's sometimes a, a, a supplement that has, you take two pills a day and it's got all of this in it. The truth is, any one of my clients takes the supplemental forms. I mean, honestly, uh, you're injured, you're going to eat for the next six to 12 weeks a cup of pineapple a day. No one's going to do that. You know what I mean? And it's not really that effective if you just eat it once in a while. And that was kind of my point with the last slide, with the, the fats, right? You're like, well, I have flax oil in my cupboard, right? Well, if you don't take it every day, it's irrelevant. So we need uh, sort of a systematic application of this. For me, it's, it's, okay, what's a product that I can give my clients where they take two pills a day and they get all this and they do it every single day during the recovery process. I just put the foods up here because undoubtedly every time I give this lecture, there's someone sitting in the room who's like, ah, oh, he's a supplement pusher. And we don't sell any supplements on our site, but we have you know, companies that we recommend, what we think do a good job. And usually at this point, it should have kind of come up in your minds potentially, well, what about NSAIDs, like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, things like ibuprofen or naproxen or any of the new wave of NSAIDs as well. So these prescriptions that you might get from a physician during the injury recovery process. Well, the interesting thing is research is showing now that they may actually hinder injury recovery or injury healing. Plus, for some of them, the nonspecific ones, there's a host of side effects like gastrointestinal problems and things like that. It's kind of a concern. So what's the deal with this? Like, why are physicians giving out these meds uh, when we know it might hinder the recovery or the healing process? What do you think the number one factor during injury recovery is when it comes to return to function? It's actually the recovery of mobility, joint mobility, okay? And so what NSAIDs are very effective at is managing pain so you can actually move the joint, okay? Because we wanna move the joint, we wanna get the muscle active, we wanna get the tissue active, and we wanna get blood flow in the area. So we're, we're doing this balancing act, right? So docs will prescribe NSAIDs largely because people are like, this sucks, I'm in a lot of pain, make it go away. All right, so that's part of it. And the other part is you get a return to mobility more quickly with them. But the problem is that the tissue heals slower, okay? So you feel like you can move better. You don't have as much pain, but the tissue heals, heals slower. So the way that we sort of try and achieve this balance is you can use them if it's needed for pain relief and range of motion for five days post-injury. But after that, switch to some of the other things we talked about. So higher omega-3s, lower omega-6s, turmeric, bromelain, those types of things. That's how we like to use it, okay? If the inflammation isn't terrible, then, then maybe not even use it in the first place. But we, we just use NSAIDs very cautiously with our clients and athletes. So let's talk now about the other intervention, which is remodeling tissue anabolism, and just some interesting information about metabolic rate. So this is just like a second year kinesiology review here, or nutrition class review. But we know that our daily calorie needs are made up of these components generally. So our resting metabolic rate, which is about 60% of our total calorie need for the day, activity, which is about 30%, and then food, the thermic effect of feeding. So when we eat, we burn calories, which makes up another 10% of our daily energy expenditure. And during injury, the RMR can actually increase by 15 to 
A minor soft tissue injury, closer to 15. Larger scale injury, 50%. Usually we see data at that 50% range in like burn victims and things like that. They have, you know, these massive tissue trauma and you see a huge increase in resting metabolic rate. So when we look at energy needs, it's important to consider that there may be an interesting shift in daily energy requirement when we're injured. So we'll just use an example of a young athlete, so like a teenage male. So it's 5'6", 140 pounds, 14 years old. So the resting metabolic rate might be around 1,600 calories. That's just based on calorie predictions and, and equations, which you all probably have seen and have access to. So the energy needs when sedentary for the day might be around 1,900 calories, okay? When exercising, so if this is an athlete and doing daily training, it might be as much as 2,700 calories a day. And during an injury recovery, it's somewhere in between. And why is this relevant? You guys don't need to memorize the numbers and you certainly don't have to calculate calories, but I'm just using it as an illustration because what happens is, and anyone, I mean, some of you have probably taken a week or more off exercise. What tends to happen to your appetite? goes down, right? No one's experienced this? <laughs> Take some time off exercise and you're just not as hungry. Now, sometimes there's a weird psychological effect that happens when you take time off exercise where you're like, man, I'm not working out so I'm gonna eat whatever I want anyway. And you see that, right? But nevertheless, if you just pay attention to appetite and hunger signals, it goes way down when you're exercising less, which is kind of an interesting strategy for you guys to think about independent of injury recovery it's something I've been playing around with lately. I feel like generally in the fitness field, we tend to over-exercise our clients. And by sometimes cutting back on the exercise and just finding what we might call the minimum required dose, uh, they tend to eat less when they're not with us. And they can get in better shape by working out less. And it seems like an interesting paradox, but it just has to do with hunger. If they're not really, really following a prescribed disciplined diet plan, which let's face it, most of your clients are not, then sometimes we wanna use exercise to drive down hunger. And if we work them out too much, their hunger may go up. So it's just something to consider, but it's relevant here as well, okay? So if someone gets injured and they're an athlete and they're routinely training, let's say an hour a day or two hours a day or more, all of a sudden their appetite is gonna go down. So we wanna be really careful. So there's a reduced appetite. They may undereat, which might mean a loss of lean mass. Uh, because they're not training, there may be a concomitant increase in fat mass. And you've seen this, right? Athlete gets injured, they gain a bunch of fat, lose a bunch of lean. The return to function when the injury is gone is bad. They have, they're untrained all of a sudden, they have to retrain. So it's just important to be aware of this and to make sure that you're emphasizing good eating habits during the injury recovery. So keeping protein up, bringing calories down a little bit, but not back down to sedentary baseline because they still have a higher demand for calories. So then let's look at macronutrients, okay? So what, what should the split be? Well, generally it's kind of like general exercising. Protein should be fairly high, about a gram per pound, right? Because we need to be in an anabolic or building state during injury recovery. Fat intake, this is just to understand the numbers. This is what, what I would not recommend to clients. You should get about a third from each type of fat, so monos, polys, and, and saturates, and about a one-to-one -one ratio of omega-3s to 6s, 
And again, what does that mean to anyone? Absolutely nothing. I, I don't even know what that means. So a third of each type of fat, I'm not gonna calculate that stuff. So I'll show you in a few slides what that looks like in practice. And then carb intake, lesson with training, but we generally see in the research that maintaining a stable insulin is useful for the anabolic process with respect to injury recovery. So here's how to do it. Let's make it really practical. When it comes to protein or, or when it comes to eating frequency during an injury recovery, we say, well, let's eat every four hours or so, okay? It's kind of the opposite of what I talked about yesterday with the intermittent fasting. Here, we want to have a steady supply of nutrients during this period. Protein intake, make it really, really simple. You tell your clients to eat one gram per pound and they'll go, oh, okay, yeah. And then when you walk away, they'll be like, I have no idea what that means. Okay, so instead what I like to do is let's just use anatomical landmarks for our advice. So men, for example, you get two palms worth of protein with each meal. So if you're gonna have a piece of chicken or an omelet or whatever, just about the thickness of a palm and about the size of the palm, men get two palms, women get one. Very, very easy. Okay, you can figure out when you're out at a restaurant or out at home eating how much protein you're getting by that. A palm's worth is about 30 grams of protein. Okay, pretty simple. So men get two, women get one. And you know, if, if your clients don't know what protein is, which some of them will not, you should help them with that as well. Okay, uh, the next thing, vegetables and fruits. We'll use a fist size portion here. So with each meal, eat about one to two fists of fruits or vegetable. Okay, another really simple. So we're kind of building our plate here, you see? So instead of being like, well, I want you to eat more of this and less of this and this grams of this, just say, each time you eat, I'd like, if it's a man, two palms of protein and two fists of fruit and veg. So you can see our plate kind of taking shape in front of our eyes, right? Next, we'll look at carbs or starches. With starches, we're gonna use golf balls because I don't want to pick an anatomical landmark for that. <laughs> Um, but for men, let's say it's about two golf ball size portions of starches and one for women. And we want to go with like minimally processed stuff. And this is just good best practice of nutrition, right? So uh, it could be OTMs, beans, you know, rice, quinoa, whatever, okay? But that's the idea of the portion size. And then for fats, we can use our thumbs. So one serving would be about a thumb size portion. So, I mean, that's about... a tablespoon of liquid, or if it's some mixed nuts, it would be a, less than a handful. Okay, that type of thing. So, you know, that's where we look at avocado, olive oil, all the things we listed earlier, seeds, nuts. Okay, so for men, it would be about two thumb size portions, and for women, one. Okay, so you can see how we're building out a, sort of a menu, uh, just based on portion sizes of something that's very close to your plate, your hands. All right, so it becomes very, very simple. Is it precise? No, but it doesn't have to be. You'll be in the ballpark, but it's just simply great, great advice for clients, okay? Because giving them anything more complicated than this and they just won't know what you're talking about. So this is generally how we like to make it simple and build out the diet. So now let's look at uh, vitamins and minerals, okay? So how might they play in? Are there any vitamin supplements that can help out here? Well, up here is listed all of the vitamins and minerals that play a role in injury recovery. So there's a host of them. The first note is important. If any of these are limiting, injury recovery is slow, which basically means if we're deficient in any of these, it's a problem. 
but that doesn't mean that we have to supplement with all of them, okay? And that's really a key point. It's generally a key point for the supplement industry in general, okay? You might learn that vitamin C is important for X, Y, or Z, all right? But it doesn't mean that we have to supplement with it, okay? Sometimes uh, zinc, for example, in men, if we're deficient in it, what do we find? Low testosterone, okay? Logically then, we should supplement with huge doses of zinc, right? That's what it feels like. Well, if I don't have enough zinc, then my testosterone's low, so I need to take a lot. No, we just need to not be deficient. So that's what we're talking about with these. You need to not be deficient in them. The problem is, four or five of them up there, about 80% of the population is deficient in. So what might we do in this case? Take a multivitamin, okay? So that's preventing deficiencies. When we actually fly in on these though, there are four that are useful to take extra. So it's A, copper, C, and zinc in this case, all right? So what we do here is we actually, for three weeks post-injury, we might create a little supplement cocktail which contains extra of these. And the dosing's all up here. So 10,000 IUs of A, four milligrams of copper, et cetera, et cetera. And so we find that that actually helps accelerate injury recovery, two grams of C, so on. Next, we'll go to another category that I call sort of super recovery nutrients. And this stuff was originally studied in burn victims, and then they sort of, they saw some cool effects, and then they started translating it out into other injury recovery processes. So arginine, glutamine, and HMB, these are all what? Amino acids. HMB, if you're not familiar, is a derivative of the amino acid leucine. So they're all just amino acids. And in this specific dosing here, and there's probably other dosing protocols you could try, but this is the research proven one. Uh, arginine at seven grams twice a day, glutamine at seven twice a day, and HMB at one and a half twice a day, all taken together, tends to accelerate injury recovery. And uh, there's actually a product on the market, I think EAS sells something called Muscle Armor. So it's sold as a, actually like an exercise recovery supplement, but I recommend it to the athletes for injury recovery, okay? Because that's really where the value comes. I don't know if it has any additional benefits for routine exercise, but definitely for injury, a very sound addition. So you could build it out yourself, but again, there's a product that kind of has that in it already. And again, I think it's called muscle armor. So usually at this point, people are wondering about chronic pain because we're talking about acute injury here, right? Take this for three weeks after you have surgery or you fall down or whatever. So what about chronic pain? I mean, you hear about things like glucosamine and chondroitin, right? Is that something I should be taking for an acute injury? Well, not necessarily. I mean, these have been shown to be effective for pain relief and recovery in osteoarthritis, so a more chronic joint type situation, but not necessarily in acute recovery. Has anyone heard of natural eggshell membrane yet over here? It's fairly recent in the States and Canada that this research has been coming out. Do you guys know it, like when you hard boil an egg and you go to peel it, that little membrane that's in between, it's the thing that makes it really difficult to peel cleanly, right? It's always kind of sticking to the egg. Well, they've actually found that it's really, really rich in certain chemicals that can help with joint recovery and pain. And there were a few studies published on people with really severe osteoarthritis and pain, and it really dampened down their pain and improved their function. 
So we actually just did a study, and I, uh, I'll share the data in my presentation later, where we measured uh, 60 people and 30 got a placebo and 30 got the eggshell membrane. And they were very active people and we challenged their joints. So if they had uh, like a knee pain, for example, we'd have them doing jump squats. And if they had elbow or shoulder pain, we'd have them doing explosive push-ups. And it was just a, a joint challenge, okay? It wasn't extreme, but it was enough to make sure that that joint would be sore. And then we either had them supplement or not, and then we measured pain before, immediately after, and 24 hours later. And we found that eggshell membrane not only helps in people who have debilitating conditions, but in people who are highly active, but have joint pain as well. So it's kind of a new, a new thing that's really cool. So it's definitely slipped into my regimen and, and the regimens of my athletes. So this, but that's more of a chronic pain thing. I don't know if it would make a difference in acute situations, but it definitely makes a difference in people's perceived pain rating with chronic. At this point, I think we're in good shape to do a bit of summary of, of our recommendations here. To keep it really simple, you know, let's go through frequency, eating every few hours. Okay, it's pretty important during this time. Protein, just having a complete protein with each meal. And what, what's the recommendation? One palm for women, two palms for men. Okay, uh, vegetables and fruits. So we're gonna have some with each meal. How much? Two fists, one to two fists. Maybe for smaller people, one fist, two fists for larger people. Okay, carbohydrates, two or one golf balls. And uh, fats, two or one thumbs. Okay, and again, some clients simply don't know what has protein or carbs or fats or anything. So it would be useful to help them with that. It may be just a list of protein-containing foods or fat-containing foods or carb-containing foods, okay? And uh, that would give them a good start. If your clients already know, that's great. This becomes super easy then. Okay, so then uh, supplement-wise, we have the listing, vitamin A, C, zinc, copper, etc., and then that sort of amino acid stack, if you want to call it that, arginine, HMB, and glutamine. So at this point, I want to even make it more practical because I've attended a lot of lectures in my day where a guy gets up here, lists about 50 different supplements for blood glucose regulation or whatever else, and I walk away, and this, I mean, I consider myself pretty proficient in this field, going, well, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? Like, okay, there's 50 blood sugar regulating supplements. Do I take all 50? Do I take 25 or just one? I have no idea. And so I've left a lot of talks with that. So why don't we even wrap up with George? Why don't I just tell you what he did? And it'll give you a good perspective here on how easy it can be. So with George, I got you know, a text from him a couple weeks later after his surgery. And this is what he sent. It's only been three days since my surgery and my injury healed like Wolverine from the X-Men. I'll be back in training in no time at all, thanks. And so I don't attribute this 100% to the supplement and nutrition protocol, but I think it helped. George also happens to be a genetic freak and has the best doctors on the planet and everything else. So that may have played into it too. But I'd like to share what we did. Prior to surgery, I had him eating normally for that previous week. And normally for George is pretty outstanding because he has a full-time chef cooking all of his meals. And so I've planned all of that for him so he gets proper nutrition. Uh, in fact, the chef drops it off. He, he trains at three different gyms, usually three times a day. So he just has a meal waiting for him or a shake waiting for him at each gym. So it's pretty sweet. 
Do you use any of these types of services with your clients? Yeah, I mean, it's actually getting surprisingly affordable and, and convenient. I, I remember when I moved down to Miami and, and was running my training business there, it was, one of the girls who worked at the gym, her mom started a little business like this, and this was in the 90s, and it was five bucks, and every day she would bring me three meals of huge chicken breast or lean burger patties, uh, you know, baked potato or whatever, and a big thing of broccoli. It's like five bucks back in the day. And nowadays it's kind of getting cheaper as well. So, I mean, Georgia's chef is not cheap, okay, because she makes like these amazingly gourmet meals for them and stuff and that sort of a thing. But there's a service in Toronto that we use that's about seven bucks a meal or something like that. Um, I live too far outside of the city for them to deliver to me, which kind of pisses me off because our entire staff gets it and I'm the only one who doesn't. But um, nevertheless, I mean, these things are becoming extremely affordable. So whenever I talk about having a chef cook your meals and stuff, people are always like, oh boy, wouldn't that be nice? Well, it's actually probably within most of your reach. And with George, we had him eating normally for the week leading up to the event. Uh, no supplements for that leading up week, especially fish oil. Any ideas why? It has an anticoagulation effect. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but it's pretty potent. And so, you know, during surgery, we probably don't want someone to have excessive bleeding. And also it may factor in with the other medications that they might give him. So we just let the doctor know about the prior fish oil use and we drop it for about a week. And then after that, I like to make it as simple as possible. For someone like George in particular, He's not going to run around looking for like zinc and copper and blah, blah, blah. So we just made it really simple. So we gave him a multivitamin. Quest is one that he could get like at the local pharmacy. No problem. Um, so he just took one capsule of multivitamin twice a day. Uh, and then we got him a curcumin from a company called Biotest in the States. Uh, a fish oil called Flame Out, again from Biotest. And uh, the muscle armor, right? So we just gave him two supplement periods, breakfast and dinner. So we had a multivitamin, a curcumin, a flame out, and his muscle armor in the morning with breakfast, and then he had it again in the evening, and it was that easy. So I'd just like to show you guys this because again, as we go through all the recommendations, it can feel a bit overwhelming, like, oh man, I'm not gonna do all that, and my clients never will, and it's really quite simple. It's just a couple of pills and maybe a drink twice a day. I'll share with you a new protocol that I'm messing around with as well. And uh, for those of you who are in my lecture yesterday, you'll know I'm, I've been competing at uh, Masters Track and Field. It's kind of a, a revival of my athletic career now that I'm an old guy. And uh, this year was my first year uh, back training and competing in about 22 years. So it's a lot of fun for me, but my body's a little different than it was 22 years ago in terms of recovery. Things happen. So, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was a little bit overzealous in my training and I started to feel some hamstring issue. And so here's the protocol that I used. Now the first part I think is important to emphasize, right? Because we're talking about nutrition here, but we have to think of that in the context of a larger sort of injury recovery kind of process, right? And what you might do as a best practice for injury recovery. So, you know, first thing is I'm out on the track, I'm being an idiot and going too hard too early and feels like I was shot in the back of the leg. I'm pissed. I'm like, okay, if I don't handle this right, it's gonna be eight weeks before I can actually train again. So, you know, I start two to four times a day, ice, heat, so contrast, uh, and then elevation. 
And then the next thing is just stretching and light activation once per day or twice per day or you know when I was really getting obsessive about it, I was like, I'm going to activate this every few hours. And then you know I have an active release guy, and you guys are all familiar with ART, yes? Yeah? Um, and so I started seeing him twice a week. So you know these are all things, because if we're going to supplement and eat in a specific way to accelerate injury recovery, we also want to make sure those supplements are getting delivered on a routine basis to sites of injury that don't have a great blood supply, like soft tissues, ligaments, tendons, things like that. They don't have an awesome blood supply. So by activating, doing ART, contrast, you get this blood flow pumping through there at an accelerated rate, you get better nutrient delivery. So see how it's all part of the process, right? So then for me, I use the curcumin, which is basically turmeric is uh, curcumin. Um, and I've been playing around with a, a product called Sorenzyme. And you guys may have a, a comparable product over here, but they're, they're basically systematic enzymes. So it's not used as a digestive enzyme, although when you look at the label, it seems like it might be. Uh, so it has proteases and things like that. But the idea is that if you take it on an empty stomach and certain strains of, of different enzymes, uh, they'll actually be absorbed into the body and they'll work s systemically. So they'll find sites of inflammation and sites of injury and help with that repair. So this product, for example, is called Sorenzyme because it's predominantly marketed to weightlifters uh, to help them not be so sore after workouts. And, you know, I, I don't know if I, I totally support that concept, but I love the idea of what they can do for an injury situation. So that's one of the things I started almost immediately. Uh, fans at Fast Joint Care Plus was one that I sort of was taking all along, but I think maybe played a role here, which is the eggshell membrane product that we talked about. Uh, and then I took a, a multivitamin, and then I just took a liquid fish oil. So again, that was kind of my protocol. So what it, how it was different from George's was I didn't include the muscle armor stuff, so the HMB and the, the amino acids, but I did include the eggshell membrane and then this new thing that I'm playing around with, which is this systematic enzyme supplementation. If you guys want more information specifically about what we're talking about, you can pop over to our website at precisionnutrition.com. You'll know you're there by the little apple with the abs. And uh, we have over 500 free articles on the site. Uh, a lot of stuff like we talked about today and a lot more. And then again, if your name is on the list that Mark came around with, I'll be sending you an ebook follow-up. So the link will take you to a special page on our site, which is just for you guys to download the ebook. So officially, that's the end of the presentation. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.